I'm Taylor. I'm Rachel. And, and we're, we're the Barclays. This is the inaugural episode, introductory episode of the Barclays podcast. Yeah, we don't have a name yet. <laughs> <laughs> Coming up with that succinct name, but every week we'll spend about 15 to 20 minutes talking about politics, religion, culture, the media, and the intersection of everything, because that's what's brought us together. So we'll start out each podcast treating some topic on you know religion, politics, culture, and then we'll move to a segment every show, the stinkers and thinkers, media stinkers and thinkers. So we're looking forward to it. We have fun with this. Yes, and this is our introduction podcast, so we won't be deep diving on a topic, but we thought that we would tell everyone who we are and why we're doing it. So uh, why are we doing this? We spent January 6th, the day of the Capitol insurrection, um, very just perplexed and upset and wondering Mm -hmm. what we could do to make an impact. And while this may be a small step, we felt like sharing our views with the world on politics, since we have a unique seat being located physically in the D.C. metro area mm-hmm. and working in proximity to politics. Uh, our careers have been in and out of politics. We'll go into more of that later. So we thought we're right. uniquely positioned. God put us here together. And, well, we like to talk about it with each other a lot. And yep. we complain to each other around the <laughs> kitchen table a lot. So we thought, well, instead of just complaining within our four walls and saying other people should do something about it, then right. we were going to do something about it. So that's why we're here. Right. It was it was it was a mixture of complaining and prognosticating and I don't know, commiserating. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't just outright negative. Right. Uh, right. griping. <laughs> Certainly there was griping. Uh, but yeah, we thought yeah, just hit record. So here we are with uh, what we think are I guess unique backgrounds. We've been given many gifts and privileges. So thought we'd share it. See what happens. <laughs> um, so, Taylor, why don't you tell everyone who we are? Right, right. So my name is Taylor. Uh, I have been working in the public policy area for about 10 years here in Washington, D.C. area. I started out at the Mercatus Center, a university-based public policy research center uh, for six years where I did government affairs and external affairs for technology policy issues. I worked at the Competitive Enterprise Institute after that as the government affairs manager covering about eight different public policy issue sets. And then I moved to my current role and position at Stand Together and the Charles Koch Institute working on the technology and innovation team where I work with state-based partners, state think tanks, and cover our issue set dealing with culture, technology, society, and the intersection of everything. And I am definitely a techno-optimist, I would call myself. I think technology has improved humanity's outlook and life and quality of life since day one, and let's keep those gains going. And that's what drives your work, right? Correct, in my current role, yes. And even outside it, I did, before this job, I was doing some things on the side having to do with uh, religion, technology, and I guess philosophy of technology. Who are you, Rachel? (laughs) Um, Well, we are married. That's true. I should have started with that. (laughs) We actually both moved to the city 
within weeks of each other right. in 2011. It was a vastly different city. It was a president under Barack Obama. Right. Um, so we've seen a couple of different presidents now um, and how the city shifts and changes culturally even under each president. Um, but anyway, okay, so back to my, my story. I grew up in Florida, went to the University of Florida, go Gators, really the only football team I care about. And then uh, moved here a week after college, started a new job with the State Policy Network, which is an advocacy think tank umbrella group for state-based policy. So I was blessed within my first four years of work. I traveled the country, probably visiting 20 plus different states, doing everything from attending fancy galas in New York City to um, riding on horseback, talking about lands issues with farmers and ranchers um, to attending creative conferences in Austin. So I pretty much had the best start of a career I can imagine working with amazing people who I still love and care about across the country. Um, So that was my first four years. Incredibly blessed. And then from there, I moved to Capitol Hill. Uh, I never expected that I would work on the Hill, even though, um, you know, the city is based around that. And I loved the the think tank world around the hill. I didn't think I'd work there, Um, but got called up and worked in coalition building for the largest caucus on the hill. So a caucus is a group of Republican members um, called the Republican Study Committee and worked on a whole host of issues on everything from religious freedom to free expression in the First Amendment to health care reform, you name it, I worked on it. Budget stuff, you know, everything. Um, took me about two years to learn all of the acronyms that are used on Capitol Hill. <laughs> and then I got a call to work with the wonderful representative Kathy McMorris Rogers from Washington State, the Spokane area. She was in leadership for the conference. So I worked in Republican leadership for a few years with her, um, worked on tax reform, worked on um, all sorts of different important issues, health care um and spent a great time working with her and then um worked with her up until the end of last year december of 2020 and did my five-year stint on capitol hill and leaned into my own consulting business so now i do my own consulting on coalition building and public policy with um, a variety of different clients and different issues what's it called R.K. Barkley Consulting. Yet again, I couldn't think of a creative title. So if anyone out there can help us. <laughs> I think it's an excellent title. You excelled at your hill hill work. And I should say, I initially advised you to not take your first job on Capitol Hill, which was bad advice. I'm glad you didn't listen to it. <laughs> which kind of leads me to our, our personal love story. <laughs> right. How Taylor. we're sitting here across the table from each other talking about these things. Yes, Taylor gave me this advice maybe a month or two before we started dating. Mm-hmm. I was weighing whether or not I should go work on the Hill. And he said, oh, I don't see you as one of those Hill people who stares at their phone all the time. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was the advice. And you said, I'll see that and stare at my phone the whole time despite that. Yeah. No, actually, you don't. You don't stare at your phone the whole time. Yeah, thankfully, I mean, it, it was some good advice and I thought about it a lot. Uh, ultimately, <laughs> in a different way, but we still started. 
<laughs> we still started dating a couple months later. Um, but we had been friends since we moved to the city right. in 2011. So right. been friends for about four long years. <laughs> they were good years, too. <laughs> they were good. We Lots um, of up, some down. Yeah, yeah. We we bonded over our love of fly fishing yep. and the fact that it was strange that we both felt called to the D.C. area and politics, even though we really love the mountains and the beach a lot. Right. Right. I'm from another sunshine state, California. I guess the golden state. You're the sunshine state. <laughs> right. Probably because you were a state first. So you got that name, and we bonded a lot over discussing these topics that we're talking about here on this podcast, religion, culture, politics, media. We hosted some uh, (laughs) off-the-record, it's a weird way to say that, but just casual dinners with friends to discuss articles from newspaper, media clips that intersected with some of life's biggest questions. What is the meaning of life? Is uh, happiness the meaning of life? What's is there a life after death, and what is truth? You know, little discussions like that. And Rachel would make delicious food, and we'd have a discussion for about an hour, and then we'd close it off. And you know, discussion would happen over dessert, or people would just you know go home. And it was really fun. Uh, small groups, anywhere from two to what, eighteen people. Yeah, yeah. maybe our biggest one. And so we want to kind of keep that alive here on this podcast. Yeah, so that's really kind of what one of the many things that bonded us together mm-hmm. uh, and led us to getting married in 2016. Right. Um, we have really just had a fun ride of marriage. We have. We've done everything together from scuba diving in Zanzibar right. to safari in Kenya to eating lots of pasta in Italy. To staying in that Super 8 somewhere between here and Virginia Beach. <laughs> yeah, there have been a couple Super 8s. <laughs> That's true. The other one in Colorado. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> the Barclays love Super Eights. Yes, we, you guys. Colorado one was better than the Virginia Beach one. Yeah, that was rough. Um, <laughs> anyway, we won't go there. But we have had many adventures in our almost five years of marriage, and um, also have had a life-changing event that many of our friends know about. Mm-hmm. Um, three years into marriage, uh, we had our baby, Hudson Taylor Barkley, uh, May of 2019. And then three weeks after that, found out that I was diagnosed with an incredibly rare spinal cord tumor. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a tumor inside of my spinal cord. And it was so large, it'd probably been growing for years. And this spinal cord left me, um, the long story short, uh, the surgery to remove the the spinal cord tumor left me a quadriplegic Mm -hmm. and severely disabled. And have since then, Taylor and I have been working back to get to Mm -hmm. normal and Mm -hmm. uh, went from being bedridden, couldn't do anything myself, could barely even brush my teeth, Right. Uh, to now walking with a cane yep. and living pretty much independently. Driving, Driving. with hand controls. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've just fought together tooth and nail with the help of our wonderful supportive families yep. to, and friends to get to this point of um, now from surviving to thriving. That's right. So it was a long, it, it still is a long road full of some really intense days of suffering. Yep. 
And that has really shaped our worldview as well and changed how we see God working in the world, changed yep. how we see the vulnerable. Um, so that, that's been a big part of our story that I'm sure we'll bring into all of this. Right. A whole collection of God sightings, as we call them, throughout that process and story. So should we move to our next fu- segment, how we wrap up every show, Stinkers and Thinkers? Yes. All right. Rachel, what is your media stinker? My media stinker. Okay, so it's not technically from this week, but it has stuck around. It was so stinky. It is. You're going to be really shocked by this, Taylor. It is the Jeep Super Bowl ad. <laughs> because you were, you're, a, you're a lifelong Jeep owner. That's right. It was your I first car, which we recently sold it, which was very sad. 12 years I had a Jeep Wrangler. That was so visible that everyone knew it was me because I had a big Gator tire cover. It wow. was a bright green I know. color. Uh, I was known for that Jeep. You were. So this really pains me. Taylor and I watched this ad. We were like, who's the old guy? <laughs> I mean, he's probably someone famous. But it was actually Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. Our, our first instinct was, <laughs> wow, this is this is kind of moving. It has this like middle America church and he's praying about coming together. Right. Right. Yeah, old guy. Brute, and we're like, who is this old guy? Maybe we should know who he is, but he's just kind of old and wrinkly, <laughs> <laughs> which is fine. Which is fine. <laughs> we're not ageist. I think it's good to age gracefully, but it turns out it's Bruce Springsteen. We find out after right. we watch the ad and Bruce Springsteen has no previous to January of 2021 did no work to bring people together in the middle (laughs) as the Jeep ad said. Bruce Springsteen said if Donald Trump was elected, he was moving to Australia or something and had incredibly (laughs) divisive rhetoric. Like there, nothing about him before January 2021 wanted to bring people together in the middle. But Rachel, you can only have unity when you agree with the person. So... (laughs) When you disagree with the president. Yeah, now that now that everything worked out in his favor politically, he's ready for unity. Right, 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 right. Ugh. Anyway. Okay. That's, that's, a good, that's my stinker. That's a good stinker. stinker. All right, Taylor, what is your mine, stinker? Mine is that movie we watched together, Bliss, with Oof. Owen Wilson and Salma Hayek. Terrible. Oof. It was, it was like a, a big tangled ball of yarn that was covered in glitter. I didn't know. I think the plot was come up with a simulation and then you go in the simulator computer so you plug your brain in the simulation and the life there sucks and then you come back out and you you're more grateful for like the wonderful future that you live in and then no no, no. it was a <laughs> em- employment handout for selma hayek and owen wilson right but th- that's this- true good for them you know you got to pay your bills it was gotta pay your bills, yeah. we're warning anyone who's listening to this don't watch bliss on amazon movies it's true. It is not bliss. It's the inverse of bliss. At, at best, it was just, what, apathy. <laughs> uh, okay, so Taylor, what is your thinker? My thinker. What was my thinker? I think, I think, I'm going to just say The Economist subscription. Uh, the uh, You can stream the whole magazine. So I, I've had a history with The Economist maybe like we all have had, you subscribe, you feel good about it, it shows up and it just sits there on your coffee table because it's like reading a book every two weeks. Who has time for that? Well, if you're a subscriber now, you can hit stream audio and listen to the whole magazine read aloud to you while you're doing whatever. I've listened to it while doing chores, I've listened to it while playing a video game, which is great, doubling up on leisure and education. 
it's a wonderful feature and I happen to get a subscription through my work, which is another wonderful perk. So I recommend The Economist. That sounded like an ad, Taylor. It's not an ad for the record. <laughs> they're not a sponsor. But if they're interested in being a sponsor, we are here ready to accept. <laughs> Playing video games while listening to The Economist is about the most Taylor thing I can imagine. <laughs> my thinker is the show on Discovery Plus, Dream Home, on HGTV actually, but we don't have cable. So through Discovery Plus, they were targeting me hardcore on Instagram ads. And it worked. And it worked. <laughs> I downloaded the app. I'm loving all the HGTV shows I get to catch up on. Um, but I am newly exposed to Dream Home, which is this sweet couple in Mississippi who decide to invest in their hometown. And now their hometown is thriving and they take these wonderful old houses and they keep the character, but renovate it and give it life for new owners. And what I really love about it is it is putting their money where their mouth is about localism. And instead of just complaining about how bad things were in their hometown or whatnot, they are young people who decided to stay, invest, and make their hometown better. Um, and that just comes through in every house that they do of kind of keeping the old stories um, and not forgetting the traditions and the the older generation in that town. And I just love the whole theme. I love it. Which home show is this? Dream Home. Dream with, Home. Yeah. But who, what, what are, who are the people? Uh, I forget their names, but they're really nice. They're this Mississippi young couple. Oh, okay. I mean, it's kind of a thing. There are multiple home remodel shows with couples, right? It is a thing, Taylor. But this is different. I'm, I'm saying it's different. Because different than the other things. They've decided to take a, a small town that was kind of on its last legs and bring life back uh, and encourage other people, huh. young people, to stay and invest in their town. As I've told you, Rachel, I can't really watch those shows because of my crippling envy. <laughs> we have a wonderful home, but there's always some other better home out there. It's like a life truism. So you're a better person than I am, and you can watch these and enjoy them. Because we discussed this, and like that is not a thing for you. Right. I think, oh, that's really cool, but I'm not like, oh, my gosh, I really want that refrigerator or whatever. Right. That's how I watch those shows. <laughs> so I'm glad you enjoy that. It's a good recommendation. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Well, what does that wrap up our first show? Yes, this has been the Barclays introduction episode. Thanks for listening. Give us your feedback. Tell us what you liked. And what you don't like. And we'll see you next time. See you next time. <laughs>